Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. To my left is Ty Weber. He is our uh, ranch manager. And uh, so, Ty, tell them a little bit about uh, our cowboy crew on Thursday nights. Um, we meet every Thursday night from 5 till 7. And uh, it's just an opportunity to get together and, and hang out together and do something with some horses and cattle. Uh, a lot of people are, are wanting that, uh, needing that, especially now we're... we're uh, everybody's been a little bit socially uh, inactive so um you know it's it's it it's kind of you know we're creating this as we go it's been this is our second year third year third, third year. year doing that yeah thanks gary uh it's a 102 year old man to, to remind me that's our ranch board of director keeping ty on track <laughs> yeah yep. he he does too and i appreciate that um but uh we we've been We've been just trying to think different things out, trying to uh, accommodate, you know, people's needs and, and uh, um, really try to take what, we, what we're talking about up here and actually put it to use in a, in a real way, which is to, you know, try to keep some of those, some of those skills alive that, that are, that are uh, kind of getting lost in, in today's world. And then also give people an opportunity who don't normally have an opportunity to, to do those kind of things that, you know, you know, everybody in here has a cowboy heart, but but might not have the, the opportunities to to do cowboy things, and so that's what we're trying to do um, on that night. Um, I mean, it's hard to get any more with liability issues and stuff like that. I yeah. mean, a lot of these ranchers don't want people coming out that don't know what they're doing, right. but they can come out to us. Well, and and then and that's one of the things I get asked a lot of times why why you know why why you didn't invite me to go with you and things like that it's just it's, these ranchers are, are really um serious about the liability issues and we have to have you know proven people uh to go with us and and i know it's hard i know it's a hard dynamic how do you get proven if no one will give you a chance right how do you prove how do you increase your skills if if you can't ever go get experience i, I know it's tough i know i do know that um we're trying we're trying we're not perfect by any stretch. Um, we dropped the ball quite a bit, um, it, but you know we're trying to figure this out. And, I drop it and kick it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know we're doing the best we can with what we got, and, and you know we got Mitch. So you know. if we'll take Mitch, we'll take anybody. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much the best I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but but the cowboy crew thing is 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 really it. It's really come along. Uh, Mitch has helped that out a lot with, with the actual going out and serving. And, and I, I just want to say, man, the, the last two weeks has been the hardest two weeks uh, that our cowboy crew has faced in, in six years of, of what we've been doing. And um, I, I was reminded this week that, that uh, we need to show gratitude for, for people and what they've done. And, and, and I'm here this morning humbly uh, showing gratitude for everybody that that has stepped up the past two weeks and, and helped out this cowboy crew. I want to call it my cowboy crew because because I kind of feel protective of these folks, but it's not. It's God's cowboy crew, and uh, you know the the grace that we've been shown, um, the the help that's been offered. The, the you know we had to go out and serve all for two weeks with a smile on our face when 
when our hearts were broken and, and you know we didn't do a great job all the time but but uh, it was awesome and and there's one man in particular that that uh, when when Brett was out I you know I was just gonna shoulder the load because I'm not good at asking for help what yeah mm-hmm. and I was just gonna take it on and and uh, this man did not ask me if I needed help he texted me morning and night and said I'm gonna be at the ranch what do you want me to do Amen. And, and he did that for two weeks and he knows who he is, and, and I'll be forever grateful for that. Um, that that's, that's the kind of proving I'm talking about where, where you know, that, it's just indescribable. So, uh, you know, if, if you guys are looking for something, if, if you're looking for, for uh, an opportunity to be overworked and underpaid, and welcome to save the cowboy and, and knocked down and kicked while you're down and, and not truth. appreciated and and uh then then we got the the ideal thing for you does that sound like ministry to you it's perfect description of ministry. but but it's worth it it is worth it it, it is worth it and, and we do very much appreciate all of y'all but you know you know ty's talking about a weekly deal that people live here can participate in but what about people that don't live here can can they come out and ride Absolutely. I got people coming out to Raymer Ranch for like the next four weeks, I think. Awesome. So it's going to be super, super busy. I think uh, I got people overlapping on stays. Like there's going to be all, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, bunkhouse Yeah, I know. Yeah, everybody's going to have to get real shop. cozy. So, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, for, for that opportunity, just uh, if you don't live here for people online or if you don't, if you're not necessarily a cowboy, but you love what we do and you want to be a part of our ministry, you can go and, and be a part of our online ministry of our Long X Cowboys group. And um, what that is, is we, we have two conference calls a month. And uh, on those conference calls, we usually have a topic of discussion. And there's usually 40 to 50 people on those calls. From all over the world. From all over the world. Um, and um, you, they can jump in and answer questions on that call. Or, or you, when you're part of that group, too, it's a, it's a monthly subscription. So you, it's basically how you tithe or donate to Save yeah, the Cowboy. Yeah, it's a donation. And, but... but but what it is, it supports what we do. Um, right. That online ministry is the biggest part of Save the Cowboy. I mean, it, it pays for the house yes, and the it, ranch and, you yes. know, so so use it. Yeah, so come <laughs> I mean, right. you know, come, come, come down, come, man. Yeah. You know, the come, only thing stopping you yeah. is uh, time and distance. Yep, and we can help you with that, too. That's right. Yep, we've offered people, if they always say they want to come out, and they say, well, if you need help, just seriously, just ask. Just we we want you out there. We'll take so. it out of you in fencing. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, but it's real easy to become a Long X member. Just go to savethecowboy.com and click on become a Long X member today. And the subscriptions are 10 to $500 a month. Yeah. And you can pick, a what, you, pick what you want. So $10 is the minimum. So that's $120 a year. That's not that much. It's not. No. It's not. You'll spend more than that at Subway. Yep. So anyway, without further ado, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Mitch, will you take us there? Heavenly Father, just thank you so much just to be able to, to be here today. Lord, I, I hate to use the term safe place, but Lord, this just feels like a safe place with everybody here this morning. God, I just thank you for every, each and every single person that's come out, come out this morning just, just being able to God with us. Lord, I ask that you just open our ears and our hearts, Lord, and just give Kevin the words and, uh, and just bless him and his family for all that he does. In your name, we ask these things and praise your name. Amen. 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 To piggyback on what Ty was saying, uh, I want to say thank you to all of those that are here. Uh, and all of those that are watching right now. I mean, you're not here by accident and, and we appreciate you. And, and if you have a chance after the service for y'all that are here, uh, stop by and, and tell Mitch and Ty thank you. Because a lot of times uh, it is a thankless job what they do and uh, they don't do it for the thanks, but they're, 
they're always welcome. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Uh, there's three things in my life that probably should not have been possible. Uh, the very first one was me becoming a cowboy. Um, up until I was two years old, we lived on the family ranch, which was about 42 sections in West Texas. If you don't know what a section is, it's a square mile. That's a big chunk of, big chunk of land. And then whenever I was two years old, my great-grandmother sold the ranch and my dad went into law enforcement. And for the next 16 years, um, I was a city kid. And, you know, I, I laugh, you know, when you look back at pictures from high school and everything. Uh, believe it or not, I used to be able to tie my hair around my neck. I was cool. I rocked the mullet like nobody's business and looked good doing it too. I even had a perm one time. That's cowboy, ain't it? That's you got to be secure in your manhood to admit in a cowboy church that you had a perm. That, that is a Texas cowboy. Of course, uh, <laughs> Willie's pointing. Of <laughs> uh, course, the reason I had a perm was after my surgery, I'd had so much medication that my hair was just thin and I looked like that guy off of Lord of the Rings, you know, that said precious, that's what my hair looked like. So I was trying to make it look thicker and fuller, wavy. You know what I mean? Fabio, skinny fo Flacco Fabio. <laughs> But, you know, I got my, I was a city kid until I was 18 years old and I went to Texas Tech University. Uh, guns up, there you go. And uh, anyway, I was at Texas Tech for uh, about a semester. Uh, I lasted a long time and decided that uh, I wanted to be a cowboy and I got the opportunity to go to work on a South Texas ranch. And uh, I, I really, to be honest, even though my dad had, quit being a, in law enforcement and gone to work on the Rocker B. I just kind of visited the Rocker B. I lived with my mom. And so I'd help out on some weekends and stuff like that. Just, you know, didn't know what I was doing. But I got a job on South Texas Ranch and uh, I, I didn't really have any experience. I, I technically shouldn't have even been out there. I mean, the extent of my knowledge was, you know, I, I knew how to saddle a horse, you know, nine out of 10 times. And, um, but I threw myself into it. I threw myself into it, around it, inside of it. The horses threw me places too, a lot. <laughs> Cause I mean, I, I wasn't a cowboy. But the, the main guy that I worked with was a guy named Antonio Gallegos. He was from Musquis, Mexico. He taught me Spanish, he taught me about horses, he taught me about moving cattle. And I did what Antonio said to do the way he said to do it, as long as he said to do it. It doesn't take long to learn when you do it that way. When you, when you do what somebody's teaching, when you do what, you, what they say to do the way they say to do it, and as long as they say to do it, man, you, you, you can learn it pretty quickly. It doesn't take long to learn when you do it this way, but it still takes a long time to master it, okay? There's a difference in learning something and mastering it. I should have probably never been a cowboy, but I had the opportunity. And looking back now, I know that God was preparing me years and years ago before I was even following him of what I would do today. The other, the second thing that I should, probably should have never been was a prison guard. I worked in the uh, state penitentiary system as a guard. And that was after about two years of working on the ranches. I realized that uh, being a cowboy is what every man longs to be without the money. That's what a cowboy is. It's what every man wants to be without the money. That's, that's the definition of a cowboy. 
But so I, I decided that I had, I had road rank, roped rank, and then through some rank brush, and then I just wanted to try the only thing left that I had never had, and that was some money, so I went to work as a prison guard. And, uh, you know, it was tough for someone that was taught to respect their elders and not judge people. Well, when you walk into a prison system on the very first day, you don't know nothing, and you're the boss over 1,600 people in white. And it was really hard for me to tell somebody, uh, you know, my father's age, what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Took me a while. I mean, I was 20 years old. I, I was telling 65-year-old men what to do, but yet I couldn't go to the store and buy beer. And I weighed about 135 pounds soaking wet, and it, it, was, a, it was a tough job. But I listened to what my supervisor said, and I did what they said to do the way they said to do it for as long as they said to do it. And I had a pretty nice seven year career. Ended up working horseback out there because I could ride bucking horses and uh, have lots of fond memories of that. The third thing that I probably shouldn't, that probably shouldn't have been possible was becoming a preacher. A year before I became a preacher, I was still the guy that was going to the little Baptist church in Pecos, Texas, and I always volunteered to go do the sound because it was up in a loft that was enclosed and there was just a little sound hole window and I could go up there and dip Copenhagen without anybody knowing. That was a year before I became a preacher. I'd never read the Bible cover to cover when I became a preacher and I still haven't. That does not mean that I haven't read every word of the Bible. But I've never sat down like a lot of people say, oh, I read through the Bible once a year. Well, good for you, man, keep it up. But that, that don't make you a Christian. After we switched to the cowboy church, they asked me to become the preacher. I didn't know what I was doing. Just like that 18-year-old kid, that 18-year-old city kid that put a cowboy hat on and, and went to work on a ranch. I mean, I was a cowboy now, but I knew nothing about being a preacher. And they stuck me behind a pulpit with a Bible and said, preach God's word. Well, I figured it didn't have to be complicated and I didn't have to know everything. I just did my best and beyond to do what God said to do the way he said to do it, as long as he said to do it. And all of these things taught me nearly everything I know about authentic Christianity. But the surprising thing about authentic Christianity is, is not what you need to do, but there's four things that we will talk about today surprising things that you don't need for authentic Christianity. You don't need as much as you think you do. You don't have as far as to go as you think you do. You don't have to know everything like you think you do. And you don't have to make it complicated like you think you do to make it effective. Let's talk about these four things for just a minute. You don't need as much as you think you do. This was, uh, my wife made that comment to me about a month ago. And, and it has just kind of stuck in my craw the whole time. And it was actually from a book called Spartan Up by Joe DeSena. And I don't, we, we were listening to that book. We've got it on Audible and we were listening to it on a road trip up to Mount Rushmore. And in that book, he said, you don't need as much as you think you do. And what he was talking about was food. And you know, we don't need as much food as we think we do. You know, we don't need as much food as we think we do. We need better food, better food, not more food. You know. Honestly, we don't need as many friends as we think we do, but we do need several 
good friends. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have friends, but you know, a lot of people try to have, you know, 50 good friends and man, you can't sustain that. You can't sustain that. You don't need as much as you think you do, but really you don't need as much faith as you think you do. You don't need as much faith as you think you do. I'm not saying that faith is not important, but I didn't say that you don't need as much faith as you think you do. Jesus did in Luke chapter 17, verse six. I'm gonna read it out of my simplified cowboy version. It says, Jesus answered, if you have the faith of an alfalfa seed. Ty, how big's an alfalfa seed? <laughs> it's nearly microscopic, isn't it? <laughs> Kevin Bredesen knows, <laughs> he does. Jesus answered, if you had the faith of an alfalfa seed, you could tell that oak tree, climb out of the ground and go plant yourself at the bottom of the ocean and it would do what you said. With the faith, or your Bible say mustard seed, with the faith of a seed, you could tell a tree to uproot itself and go plant itself in the bottom of the ocean and it would do it for you. You don't need as much faith as you think you do. And I've come to understand that, that faith isn't something that we have. It's something that we are given. Faith is a gift from God and you have it. You know how I know you have it because you're either listening, watching on the internet or sitting in Kiowa, Colorado today. You would not be here if God did not at least give you an alfalfa seed worth of faith. Now, does he want us to grow that faith? Absolutely, absolutely. The whole trick to Christianity is growing in Christ but you don't need as much as you think you do. A lot of us use it as an excuse. Well, I just, you know, I guess I ain't got enough faith for that. Yes, you do. Even if it's this much, it is enough. You don't need as much as you think you do. Let's grab onto what we have instead of saying what we have isn't enough and use that as an excuse to just keep on living like we've been living. True faith isn't believing that God will do what you want, but rather, that you will trust what God does. Think about that. True faith isn't believing that God will do what you want, but rather that you will trust in what God does. You don't need as much faith as you think you do. And you know what? You don't have as far to go as you think you do. You know, authentic Christianity, a, a, a true walk with Christ, a true ride with Christ, saddling up with him every single morning, tightening your cinch up, snugging your back cinch up, pet peeve, <laughs> Cinch that back cinch up. Make sure your hobble straps connected to the two. Authentic Christianity isn't to be found around some distant mountain. It's found when you turn to Christ. You, you, it's not like you're going to go up into the mountains and just search and search and search and search and search and then one day you're going to come around a corner and find him. It's not like that, man. You know where God is? He's right here with us and all you have to do is turn around and you know what the biblical word for that is? Repent. Repent is to turn away from sin and turn towards God. It doesn't mean quit sinning, it says to turn away from sin, to change your mind about what it is. If the Bible says it's a sin, you don't get to pick and choose whether you believe it or not. I mean, I guess you do, but your belief doesn't make it true. God's word makes it true. You don't have as far to go as you think you do. God's not to be found around some distant mountain turn. It's found when you turn to Christ. You can do that right now, right where you don't even have to move. You don't have as far to go as you think you do. In John chapter 14, verse 23, and this will be out of the New Living Translation, John 14, 23, says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Did you hear what that said? 
It says, and we will come and make our home with each of them. You don't have as far to go as you think you do. You just got to turn and, and God in the Trinity form will come and live within you. Well, I just know I've got so far to go. No, you don't. This is as far as you have to go. Now you, got, you might get winded like I do because I don't do cardio, but it's okay. Just turn, turn. God isn't in some other dimension. He's in our hearts for those that have even the faith of an alfalfa seed. You don't need as much as you think you do. You don't have as far to go as you think you do. You don't have to know everything like you think you do. You know, a child's faith, logic, and acceptance is a gift from God. You know, why do they say out of the mouths of babes? I think that some children have a better idea of God than we do. You don't have to know everything the Bible says to know the one that wrote it. A lot of people don't read their Bibles because they say, well, I don't understand it. Who cares if you understand it? Read until you do understand something. Read until you do. You know, I mean, there's lots of real simple Bible verses in there that talk about how much God loves us. Man, why is that so hard to understand? It may be hard to fathom why, but it's not hard to understand that God loves us. It's not, it's not hard to understand that God says, because I loved you, love others. That's not hard to understand. It's not hard to understand when, uh, let's see, how about this one? How many times have we done things that we shouldn't that goes against what God says? Every day, right? So if somebody does something that goes against us, shouldn't we forgive them? Bible talks at length about that. It says, if you've been forgiven, then forgive others. Forgive others. You don't have to know everything the Bible says to know the one who wrote it. The knowing is in the growing. Keep following, man, I can't, you, you can ask Ty, you can ask Gary, you can ask Mitch, you can ask any of our board members, some of our, our longtime people. Man, you're reading the Bible and you've never understood something and then one day the light comes on. Well, you know what? You weren't mature enough to understand it at that point or it wasn't the right timing for you to apply it to your life. You don't have to know everything like you think you do. You don't have to be able to quote scriptures. You don't, I mean, I, I would rather you know what the Bible says than be able to quote what it says. I would rather you be able to live what it says than to quote what it says. You don't have to know everything like you think you do. In Matthew chapter 18, one of my most favorite chapters in the Bible, in the Simplified Cowboy version, it says this, Matthew 18, one through three. The cowboys came up to Jesus and asked him, Who's the top hand on the boss's spread? Jesus hollered for a little cowboy to come over there. He looked down at the small boy and said, unless you can change and learn to have the same kind of faith and trust that this little cowboy does, you'll never enter the boss's ranch. To become like little children. And the Bible says that we are God's children. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 65. I don't care if you're 55 or 45 or 23 like me and Mitch, man. We're all children of God. It doesn't take long to learn but it takes a long time to master. And finally, you don't have to make it complicated to make it effective. You don't have to make it complicated to make it effective. There's a deal that I kind of live my life by. It's called Occam's Razor. And Occam's Razor in the Simplified Cowboy version, Simplified Kevin version, is this. The simplest answer is usually the right one. The simplest answer is usually the right one. It doesn't have to be mind melting to be meaningful. You know, I, I, I'm kind of a nerd, so I, I read all kinds of articles and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And you know, you, you see these, these mathematicians that can do these formulas, 
you know, this long and they're complicated and it looks like they're written in Egyptian hieroglyphics and all of this stuff that, you know, only, you know, a very, very, very small percentage of a fraction of the world can understand. But yet one of the most brilliant people in the history of the world figured out general relativity that everything goes by as far as science goes. And that was Einstein. And his equation was e, was e equals mc squared. It wasn't complicated. Now, to understand it, it might be complicated, but his equation wasn't complicated and neither is God's. Neither is God's. It doesn't have to be mind melting to be meaningful. The way is hard, but the one who, who we follow down this trail is not. It is not. It doesn't have to be complicated to be effective. See what you don't need? You don't need as much as you think you do. You don't have as far to go as you think you do. You don't have to know everything like you think you do. And you don't have to make it complicated like you think you do. See, religion is man's, mo- man's way of trying to get to God. It's complicated. Religion is ruthless. Religion is rule-oriented. And religion is performance-based. Grace is God's way of getting to man. Religion is man's way of trying to build the tower up to God. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Grace is God's way of getting to man. It's simple, it's effective, it's kind, it's love-oriented, and based upon Jesus's performance on earth, not ours. See, you wanna know my E equals MC squared? Here it is, God hearts you, God hearts you. God loves you more than you'll ever, ever, ever know. And so do we. Let's go to God in prayer. God, my simple prayer is that there are many here today and listening that have been coming to your ranch for visits, but not for a new life. The invitation is given to each of us in the form of Jesus Christ who died for our sins and cleared the trail to heaven. Your outfit, God, doesn't need more volunteers. It needs more hands that have given it their all, just like you did. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.